We're going to head to our word here for today uh, as it relates to our theme. And so throughout uh, the month of March, our, some of our Bible studies are dealing with a faith that conquers. Right? We're in the book of Joshua, and you've been working your way through that. We've got another week there towards the end of Joshua dealing with the response of my family um, and your family. But for our time together today, we're going to go to Genesis. And we'll be there for the most part. Um, Genesis chapter 12, if you'd like to get there. We'll be there uh, in just a few minutes. And talking about this idea of, of carrying on or having this faith that will conquer. Carrie Livgren. Does that name ring a bell? Carrie, it's a guy. Carrie Livgren, L-I-V-G-R-E-N. 1970, Kerry had a dream, and his dream was to put together a rock band. And so he started to assemble some band members, and they got this group together, and then their dream was to get signed by a record company, right? They wanted to have the label and somebody represent them and be known throughout the world. Well, they tried for a few years, and they produced songs that were just terrible. Nobody bought their cassettes, I guess, back then, or eight tracks. Not real sure. I can't remember back then when cassettes actually came into play, but, or their albums. Nobody bought a whole lot of them. So their record company came to them and said, listen, you've got one more shot. One shot, and that's it. And so they titled this last album, it's called Left Overture, which is like, this is all we've got. You know, this, we just can't do any better than this. And so, 1976, they put out this album. Well, Carrie Livgren, just before it releases, like a day or two, was sitting at an organ, sitting there trying to write a melody, and this song came to his head, or the, or the melody anyway. So he sat down, put some lyrics to it, took it to the studio, said, hey guys, I know we're wrapping up these other songs, I think we ought to give this one a shot. And so, sure enough, they give it a shot, and it makes its way on the album, and Carrie Livgren wrote a song, and you'll know it, Carry On My Wayward Son. You heard that song from the band Kansas? All right. And song has made it around the globe. Made them a very famous rock star level kind of band. Okay. Now, why are we talking about rock stars at church? Why not? They're people. Carrie Livgren in 1976 said, Every song I had written up to that point could be summarized with two words. I'm searching. And when you read the lyrics to Carry On My Wayward Son, that's what it's all about. Carry on, my wayward son. Right? There'll be a day when you're done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. And it's just the idea that you're going to find what your heart is searching for. He said there was this urging within him to keep going. And he didn't know why. Until 1980 rolls around and he has a conversation with someone that he had never heard before. He heard about a, a man named Jesus who died on a cross to save him from his sins. Carrie Livgren, the songwriter for the band Kansas, became a Christian in 1980. And he said, from that point forward, you could summarize every song I've written with two words. I've found. Up to that point, it was I'm searching from that point forward, he says, everything is about I have found. And he talked about how he had all this despair, existential despair, which is like I despair existence. I don't know 
purpose of life. I'm hopeless. Like nothing here seems to matter. And he said, when I found Jesus, I found hope. And I found peace. And I found joy. It's like everything my spirit had been urging me to go towards was resolved or found its conclusion or its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Uh, So maybe today you're like Carrie. Maybe you've come in and there's an urging in your spirit to seek something that's fulfilling that should complete you or you're looking for a, a depth of joy or life that you've never known here. We're going to urge you to find that in Jesus today. And maybe you're here and you've already found that in Jesus, but you find yourself in the middle of a difficult situation. There's opposition or there's struggle or there's this thing that popped up you don't know what to do with or there's the fears or the worries, all those things we prayed about earlier this morning. Right? Our challenge for all of us today is going to be wherever we find ourselves as we're seated, standing, is to carry on. Right? Carry on in the face of opposition. Carry on in the face of fear knowing some things about God. And so if you've got your Bible, Genesis 12 is where we're going to go. We're going to track the story of a man named Abram, later named Abraham. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably read these stories. And you can probably finish sentences before I can, or before I say them, um, which is great. Right? It means we've got it stored up there, and we want to make sure we apply it to our life so that it will help us carry on as we, as we try to have a faith that conquers. All right, so we're going to find Abram here in this story. He's about uh, 75 years old. What's his wife's name? All right, so what, it was, she was named Sarah later, right? I still call her Sarah originally, but that can't be right because he changed her name. My dad always said Sarai. Uh, that's silly, Dad. Why are you saying Sarai? Well, then I read... God changed her name from Sarai to Sarah. So it had to sound different, right? From Abram to Abraham. So I'm going to say Sarai, all right? Good on you, Dad, all right? One for you. Uh, But he's married to this woman, and they've been married for a while, have no children, um, living with their family, living in a city called Haran. And we're going to pick up the story from that point, all right? Just going to start with the first four verses. We'll be back in Genesis uh, 11 will be 13, 15, 22 will be in the book of Hebrews a little bit, Psalms, Isaiah. So lots of finger turning if you'd like to this morning, but trying to become people more who are willing to carry on. All right, so follow with me. It says, the Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. We don't want that one. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from, when he set out from Haran. All right? And so a few things we'll note there as we're making our way throughout this message today. Some things we want to know. Okay? So we can carry on knowing some things will be how we phrase this today. So number one would be this. We can carry on knowing that God will, God will show the way. All right? Looking for clarity, looking for next steps, not sure what I'm supposed to do. What you're hearing me say today from the Word of God is don't fret, don't worry, don't panic. Go forward with faith, confidence, courage, knowing, trusting God will show the way. All right? We can carry on knowing he'll show the way. So we pick up the story here of Abram. How old is he at this point? You remember? 
I heard a number. 75. All right, so Abram's 75 years old at this point, And God is asking him to leave everything behind and go somewhere else. Okay, somewhere he's never been. When you get in the book of Hebrews 11, it says that Abram went somewhere. He didn't know where he was going. Ever been there? That's a panic for me. I tell you, I'm a real treat to go on a road trip with when I don't know, when I don't know directions. I want to know how to get there. And man, if it's just going over to St. Louis, I'm just, <laughs> tell me. You know, my GPS doesn't speak quick enough because I want to know where to turn and I hate having to rely on that thing. I want to know the way. I have difficulty sometimes trusting somebody else or something else to show me the way. All right, so here we're going to see this challenge. The challenge one would be to stay. The challenge would be to stay, right? Because I don't want to leave everything behind. I would rather just be willing to stay than to go. But let's read again, refresh in our memory. This is what the Lord says to Abram. Here's what I'm asking you, Abram. Go. Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will, what? To the land I'll show you. You don't know anything about the land, Abram. I'll show you. You don't know how to get there, Abram. I'll show you. Okay? Where I want you to stop, I'll tell you. When I say build an altar, you'll know when to build an altar. When I say set up a tent, you'll know to set up a tent. When I say swerve around the mountain, you'll know to swerve around the mountain. All you got to do is go. 75 years old. What's he do? All right. He got up and, and he went. Now, does that create fear in any of you? I'm not 75 years old yet, but I can understand that the fear of having to leave everything behind to go somewhere that you don't know. Okay? And so it's not necessarily an age thing, although, you know, we say the, the older I get, the, I, I don't want to change. Right? I don't want to change. So just politely, that's dumb. Right? What we want to say is, I probably should change. I'm just not really wanting to. Right? I'm just, I want to stay where I am. I like things the way I like them. That's fine. All right? What if God says go? Are you going to say no? Lord, I'm 75 like Abram. You're asking me to go? You want me to do something different? Maybe it's local here. Maybe it's the way that we do church. Different? No. God says go. Here Abram says, okay. I don't know what we're doing. I don't understand how this works out. And yet I'm going to follow God. You know, for me, I said I like to have details. On the little GPS there, when it clicked directions, you can hit a little button and it says details. You know what they do? It gives you turn-by-turn instructions. Down to the feet. You know, 800 feet, you're going to take a left turn. And on this side of the building, there's, or the side of the road, there's this building. And this side, there's this gas station. And you're going to go down this far and you'll see this sign. I love details. And I can get wrapped up in details. Which, sometimes we say details are a good thing, right? It helps us make informed decisions. For example, would you just walk up to somebody's house that's for sale and say, how much is it? And they say, it's 100000 You say, here you go. Without asking some questions? Would you want to know a little bit of the history of that home? Like, what are some things you've done to it? What work still needs to be done? What's the community like, schools? And what's this neighborhood? What's your neighbors like? We want to ask some questions, right? And we would say that's wisdom, to be informed. Make an informed decision. 
or going to buy an automobile. We wouldn't walk onto a car lot and say, how much is that truck? 40000 Here you go. Now, maybe some people do when they just have an insane amount of money, but most people don't do that. And we would say that is foolish. Or if you were going to get a loan and you walked in and told the banker, I need a loan for however much money, just sign my name. Wouldn't you want to know the interest rate on your loan? Wouldn't you want to know how long you're going to have to pay this loan? I mean, you'd want to know some details, right? We would say that that helps us make an informed decision. The problem happens here, guys, is when we allow that to transfer over into how we're going to follow God. God, you're calling me to do something, to go somewhere, and I will, but you've got to help me know some things. Fill in some of the gaps. All right, so how long am I going? Isn't that what Abram said? When do I get to come back to my family? Am I going to get a new house, Lord? Is that what you're telling me? Bigger, nicer area, newer community, good restaurants and shopping, great people. Isn't that what you're telling me? That's where you're placing me? God gave him nothing except what? Hey, go. No details. All right? Now, is God a detailed God? He absolutely is a detailed God. The problem is he doesn't clue us in on him. He knows everything. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs on our head. Do you? You don't have a clue how many hairs you have in your head unless you Google it right now, how many hairs on the average man's head, right? That doesn't mean that's how many is on your head or my head. He knows to the number. He knows that one. Oh, that just fell out. I saw it. Did you see it? He knows those things. He says he knows when the birds hit the ground and when the birds fly. Who cares? God cares because he cares about details, okay? What he's saying to us is, I've got the details covered. All you need to do is follow. You just need to carry on, right? You just need to, to carry on. And so we don't see any hesitation. We don't see any apprehension. We don't see him saying, God, fill in X, Y, Z for me, and then I'll sign my name on the line to go. God says, leave your family, leave your country, leave all your stuff, your father's household, go. Go where? Go to the land that I will show you. Go to the land that I will show you. You and I don't have to know the way because our father knows the way. So for 75-year-old Abraham, he was okay with that. You know, tell me what's more important knowing all the details up front or knowing up front that you have a God who travels with you who will show you the way. Knowing all the details up front. Who wants that one? You're laughing because you want to raise your hand. Right? Or knowing that there's a God who travels with me who will show me the way. <laughs> Ooh, okay, that one. I kind of want both of those, right? Can you blend those, Pastor? That would be perfect. Sometimes God shows us a little further. Sometimes all God does is crack a little door. He's going to see if we're going to go through it. He's going to see if we're going to follow. Are we willing just to do the small things? Well, if you hadn't figured out, it's better to have a God who travels with you who will show you the way than knowing all the details up front. And I can travel this life with full confidence, never needing to fear or worry anything unknown because he knows the details. And this is the story of my life. And this is the story of all sorts of people's lives. Look at this. This is David in Psalm 16. He says, you make known to me the path of life. You do it. 
I didn't figure it out. You fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Solomon, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him and he'll make your paths straight. Okay? So you've got David trusting in God to lead him. Show me the way. I don't know where to go. Show me. You've got son here saying the same thing. I'll submit to you so that you'll show me. The prophet Isaiah says, the Lord will guide you how often? Always. When is he off duty? When does he clock out? He never does. So you and I sit there sometimes trying to figure stuff out. We fret, we stew, we argue, we get frustrated, we make plans and they fail and it's like, what's going on? Has God missed the details? No, maybe we've just missed sitting and waiting saying, God, show me the way. Open the door. And then you've got Paul here. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And so let's reason this out. If you're the children of God, who lives in you? Based on that verse, it's the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God here will do what? He will lead you. That's one of the works of the Spirit. He leads you in what's true. He prods your heart in ways that are God-honoring and my heart in ways that are God-honoring. So here's four examples, four different men. And you could go through any book of the Bible and you'll find the same things to be true. People submitted to the leading of God. They followed Him because they knew that God would show the way. And so here today, I don't know what you're facing, right? I don't know what the next step is for your life, but what I do know is that you're still breathing, which means you're still here for the glory of God, for His purposes. And that's bigger than retirement. And it's bigger than my dream home. And it's bigger than vacations. And it's bigger than any plan that you and I could ever conceive. So there's great purpose to you having breath currently. Me as well. Our role is to simply submit to, as, we, as we're led, this God who's promised to show the way. Anybody right now struggling to carry on? Feel like you're at a brick wall somewhere? Feel like the walls are closing in or the ceilings, and you're just not real sure. You just kind of feel like you're free-falling. Where's the bottom? Displaced. I'm just not sure. God, what are you doing? Would you help me figure this out? Here we see we can carry on knowing that God will show the way. Man, this is the story of my life. 18 years old, August of 1993, just prayed the prayer I only knew how to pray was, God, I will. And I don't know where this prayer takes me. I don't know what challenges this brings to me. I don't know what it is that you're going to ask of me. But whatever it is, I'm in. I've not been perfect. I promise you that. We could sit and talk a long time about missteps that I've taken. Poor attitudes, conversations that were poor, thoughts that were just insanely wrong. And yet God has always been patient, allowed me to walk back, and He's continued to lead me every step of the way. Led me to a place where I thought I was pursuing my lifelong dream. I didn't realize I was pursuing His. I was wanting to play basketball, and God says, I want to train you to do my work. And I'm going to line you up with a partner who's going to battle with you. And so I show up on a campus and meet this girl from literally Brat, Florida. Right? Friends in college called her the Brat from Brat. 
lined our hearts up, not like, oh, he's handsome, she's beautiful, like she loves Jesus, I love Jesus, and feeling drawn, hey, we want to serve, work together. Wherever this takes us on the planet, you move us, I don't care. You place us, we don't care. We just want to do whatever you're asking us to do. Show the way, here we are. And he's been faithful to do that. Led me places I never thought I'd be, including where I currently am. Asking me to do things I never thought I wanted to do, and yet here I stand. No merit of my own, and you know that. You've endured, you've listened for many years. And yet he's been faithful to lead every step of the way. Whether it's in teaching, or whether it's in having a confrontational conversation, whether it's in uh, making a decision that's going to affect my children. Whatever it is, he's always been faithful to show me the way. So I don't say that. That's no boast of me. That's a boast of my God. You're not sure what your next step is? Carry on. Do what you know to do. Pray and trust God. Make the next step clear. Let me tell you something here. About four weeks ago, I fell real hard and hit my head against the wall. And when I came back to this planet, all right, when I came back to, there was just this stirring in my heart that was like, you don't have time to waste. See, for me, it used to be, you know what? I don't want you to open a door like that. I need you to open a door that's big enough to drive an 18-wheeler through. And I need about 10 people in my life say that they had a dream that God told you to go do something. I'm like, oh, okay. All these people are confirming it. That's what I thought maybe God was doing. So open the wall and let me walk through. That Corey has deceased. He's gone. He doesn't exist anymore. The Corey that walks the planet now is looking for the crack. And what I'm saying is you're going to have to shut it because I'm going through it. All right? I'm not waiting for you to bust the gates wide open If I sense a prodding or there's an opportunity, I'm going to pursue it and you're just going to have to stop it because you know my heart. And I'll go wherever you lead me. I'm not going anywhere. You're like, man, we sing wherever he leads, I'll go. He's talking about going. There's no prodding in my heart to leave Granite City. There is an opportunity that's been on my plate to go serve and minister to pastors in Haiti. In the end of September, guess what? I'm going. Now, Corey two months ago was saying, let me think about that. This Corey four weeks ago now. I don't have time. I'm put here to make my life count, make it matter. And that's what I'm doing. Okay? Whether that pleases people, displeases people, I'll love you along the way. You can love me or hate me however you want to. But my goal is to follow my God. Show me the way. Whatever you ask of me, hands down, regardless of what's left behind, I'll follow. Carry on knowing that God will show the way. All right. Let's go here secondly this morning. And these will go quick. Carry on knowing that God's got some promises out there and He's going to keep these promises towards you and I. And so, let's read here. We don't know a whole lot about Abram and Sarah. What we do know seems kind of odd. Now, Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Okay? So, all the stuff we could have known about a person up through 75 years of Abram's life, 65 years of Sarai's life, and what we find out about them is they can't have kids. That's not typically how you introduce yourself. Right? Hi, my name is Corey, and hi, my name is Stephanie, or hi, my name is Sarai, and I'm Baron. That's a conversation that's more private, it's more personal. It's usually not something that we get to quickly, and yet here, this is what we're told. Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Now, why would the Bible record this? Why would God want us to know this? Because He's a God who makes promises, and He's a God who keeps promises. Right? 
And you know this story. So let's go back and see the promise. This is Genesis 12. We read it earlier. I'll bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. All peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So the plan is from you, Abram and Sarah, I'm going to bless the whole world. All right? Let's go a little further here. Genesis 13, 16. God says to Abram, I'll make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, are you kidding me? If anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Wouldn't you love that job? Have the name badge? I'm the counter of the dust on the planet. What a miserable life. And yet God says if somebody could do that, God knows that insane number, knows details, your offspring will be more than that. Okay? And so he's saying, I'm, this is going to come through you. This is your line. Genesis 15, 5, he took him outside and said, all right, Abram, look at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Right? The promise of God is that he's going to bring this great blessing through this generation of Abram and Sarai. The only problem is the verse we read earlier. Abram's 75 years old, Sarah is 65 years old, and she's not able to conceive. Hmm. All right? Seems like we've got an issue here. And you guys know the story, but for Abram and Sarah, this would be something that would, would move faith in them in a way that probably you and I haven't even experienced that degree of faith. God making a promise to them that would require them to carry on. Now, let's just point out, they weren't faithful all along the way to, to the Word of God, right? Uh, you've got Abram visiting some cities, and instead of saying, this is my wife, he said, she is my sister, which she kind of was, all right? Same mom, different dad. And so there was this relationship, Okay? Um, but he did that to protect himself, and God didn't honor that. He wasn't pleased by that. You've got um, Sarah and Abram trying to make this a reality in their own life, right? God made a promise. Maybe he meant for us to do it ourselves. Is that what he said? And so she gives Hagar, her handmaid, to try to perpetuate their line. And so a child's born Ishmael, and you may know that story, and yet that still wasn't the answer that God had. He had this alternate Plan And the purpose of all this plan was that God is a promise-keeping God. And so against all odds, where it seems like it's impossible, God has delivered promises. And wherever He delivers a promise, He will come through with that promise. Do you believe that? Sometimes we live like people who have this faith in a God who makes promises about this big. I promise your heart will beat again. <gasps> oh, thank you. What a great God. But we don't trust Him to do great big things. Have you asked God in this same kind of context, to do something impossible. 65 years old. At the point, it's going to be 90 years old. Never had a child past the age of childbearing, trusting that God could do what He promised. Do you have that kind of faith? Do you have that kind of courage to carry on? When God says something, He gives a promise, you can know without a doubt that He's going to deliver on the promise. And ultimately, he does through a son named Isaac. And so what we need here is just to remind one another along the way, you've got a big God. You remember our verse from last year? It's on the wall back there. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think or imagine, according to him whose power is at work within us, to him be glory through the church for all ages. Remember that? All right? Do you have that sort of faith, that sort of courage to think big, to pray big? Now, I know sometimes for me, I pray 
just big enough that if God doesn't do it, maybe I can get it done. That takes zero faith. Right? Here we see intense faith based on a promise that God had offered. You know, we pray because God promised. If God wasn't a promise-giving and promise-keeping God, we would never pray. Or we might pray like this. But we pray because of what we read this morning. We pray He answers, He hears, He moves, He works. Because we believe He's the God of the impossible. Right? We pray for people who don't believe because we believe God wants them saved more than we do. We pray for a family member who's struggling with health, knowing that God could heal them because He's got the power to do so. We pray for the gospel to flourish here and to spread out of this place in the communities that we live because we have this promise from God, I will build my church and I'll do it through people of faith. So we can carry on this morning, guys, with this confidence, courage, reminding one another, our God's not just a little bit better or bigger than us. Right? It's infinity. And the task may be large. And yet we can carry on knowing He'll keep His promises. Prayer is simply an answer to the promise of God. That's all it is. Three, knowing that God will provide, we can also carry on. So we're going to finish Abram's story here. Genesis 22, you find Isaac has been born. God's going to test him, and you'll remember this test. God says to Abram, I want you to take your son Isaac up to a hill and I want you to offer him to me as a sacrifice. And so he takes his son, he takes some wood, he takes a couple servants, he travels out a couple days. You'll find this in Genesis 22. Um, he says to his servants, you guys stay here. My son and I, we're going to go up on the hill, we're going to come back, which says something of his faith. Uh, and so as they're making their way up the hill, the son says to the dad, Isaac to Abraham, Dad, where's the sacrifice? Like, where's what we're to offer on the altar? And Abraham says to his son, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Now, sometimes we look at this story and we would say, no, not me. I could not have done that. We would rather be unfaithful to God than to offer our child. What we're missing is the backdrop for the setting of this play, of this story. What has God been doing all along? God had been faithful to lead Abraham to a place that he didn't know where he was going. And so that built confidence in him. God had been faithful to give him this promise that the world will be blessed through you, Abraham, through a barren woman. It's impossible. Yet he had learned nothing with God is impossible. And so when it comes to this point of offering his son as a sacrifice... Abraham doesn't say, you know, that's, I can't do that. You're asking too much of me. He doesn't fret or worry. We see him as a man of confidence. The Bible says he does it. Loads the wood, grabs the son, gets the servants, walks up the hill, raises the knife because he knows some things about God. So he knew he could carry on. God had been faithful every step of the way. And Abraham knew that God could provide a miracle here if it was needed. Here's what it says in Hebrews. Abraham reasoned in this point where the knife is raised that God could even raise the dead. And in so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. If he can be, bring life from the dead that's within a woman, everything or nothing was off the table. Right? Abraham's saying, you can do whatever. You can blow my mind. 
And whatever you ask me to do, I can be faithful fully, even if it seems reckless to other people, because I know that my God will provide. And so he goes on with the test. You know the story of Ram was supplied, and he named the place there, the Lord will provide. Listen, God has promised not to do what we think is best. God hasn't promised to bless our opinions or our preferences. God, I think you should move this way now. Go ahead. Just go, God. Be a good boy. Go ahead. He's not promised to bless any of that in us. Nor has He promised to supply our wants. He's promised to supply every need that we'll ever have. And so we can move forward, carrying on with a faith that conquers, knowing that God will He'll provide. Do you have that kind of faith this morning? Do I have that kind of faith? And knowing God will provide. Knowing God will keep His promises. Knowing that God will... Um, He'll always be ready. He'll always be able to deliver. Knowing that we can follow every step of the way with confidence, knowing that He's the compass, He's the guide. He'll prod, He'll show, He'll shut the door open. I don't have to worry about it. Do we have that kind of faith today? What I'm really asking is, do we have the faith to carry on? Do we have the faith like Abram and Sarah had this morning?